And whether it's, I mean, she's got to squeeze it in with one eye open at the end of the night or she's driving down the road in the car, she's listening to it, she's going to get her Bible reading. She does it every day and she's been doing it for as long as I've known her. She's going to share with us just for a couple moments how she does it. And so, Laura, why don't you just share with the folks how you read the Bible through in a year? Um, this last week we were in New York and we were spending time with one of our relatives. She's not a believer. And she was talking to us about the value of, um, of going to a shrink. And she spent thousands of dollars through the years adjusting her thinking. And, um, and her I, analyst. Her, her, well, she called her shrink. She kept saying, my shrink. And I, I kept, um, as she was talking, I, I was so thankful that I get to meet with my shrink every morning. Come on, amen. I get to tell him everything going on in my life. Come on, amen. He has all the right answers. Amen. And then I get to hear what he has to say in his word. That's good. And he shrinks through his word and through time in his presence, my sin, my selfishness, my wrong ways of thinking. Yeah, man, that's and good. we want to set you on course this year so that amen. you spend time every morning or any, every, any time of day that works best for you in God's word and he'll transform your lives. We've given you the tools and one of those tools is in your bulletin. If you could look in your bulletin one more time for another resource that we have for you. It's a little this awakening, is awakening a one year reading plan. It's based on one year through the Bible. Uh, you can look on it online and do it as well or you can keep this in your purse, in your wallet, in your car, whatever works for you. And, you keep, uh, and make sure you bring your, mic, uh, your magnifying glass yeah, so you can read that. There. Make sure you read your reading glasses for this. But if you're one of those kind of people like me that likes to check things off, you can check things off. You can laminate it to make it more permanent. But this will get you through the Bible in the year. I want to see how many of you have a smartphone. Raise your hand if you have a smartphone, an Android or an iPhone. Looks right. like the majority of the adults in here have one of those. Uh, through the last three or four years, I have read the Bible through on my smartphone, and I have an Android. And um, the wonderful thing about it is you can, uh, you can choose any translation that works for you. You can use any reading plan. This year, the church is using through the Bible. Um, you just All you need to do is go to the place that you download your apps and download version. It's you and version together, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N download that for free and it will lead you through the bible you'll check it off it will remind you when you're not reading and uh, a little shortcut that i take uh, of course the best way to read the bible is to spend time with a bible in front of you with a bible reading journal to highlight and make notes in the margins but if you're like me you don't always have time for that every single day and just like this morning i knew my day was going to be kind of tight so i was listening to the Bible while I was putting on my makeup because I had about I'm doing the Robert Roberts plan which is a little longer I had so that's actually you're going to read the Bible through twice this year right Robert Roberts does it twice but I will be doing some listening to it as well so I wanted to give you an example of that remember you version any of you can download that for free you can do it today it's the 6th of January but it will lead you 365 days so you'll finish um, January 5th of next year if you get started and uh, it's very easy, especially if you combine it with listening. But here's an example of how it sounds. Did I do it right? It worked great last service. It's loading. So whether you're driving down the road, whether you're going to an appointment, you can listen to the word and you can, or you can read it. Did Abram leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family? Go to, I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. 
blasphemes. Amen. And you will be bless a blessing me. to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Amen. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. That's a good promise. I'll take good that one. Promise. God's going to bless me. Come on. Amen. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. That's good. So we just want to give you all the tools that you need to read through the Bible in 2013. And uh, if there's a day that you're not able to, for whatever reason, you just there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You get back up, you start reading the next day, and God is going to give you great grace and insight as you read the word this year. Amen. Good, good. Thank you, Laura. Here's the deal. So here's the deal. Here's my commitment to you. If you read your Bible through in a year, I'm going to give you a $25 gift card to the restaurant of my choice. <laughs> I'm going to give you a $25 gift card. So you just you set your heart. A little bribery there never helps to grease the wheel. A little motivation, whatever it takes. Amen? We're a little David Moss, whatever it takes. we got lots of materials today. We have the Bible Awakening. We have our Awakening series, which actually begins. I'm doing the intro this week. But next week, we actually begin our awakening series. You're not going to want to miss it. We're talking about how to experience an awakening in our personal lives, in our church, in our community. And I believe God wants to do some incredible things in 2013. So we have some touch cards for you to give your friends and family. And then we have a little booklet here. We call it the Awakening Guide. You're actually going to begin using this next Sunday. And we're going to talk more about our fast, our Daniel fast, our 21-day challenge that I'm encouraging our whole church to go through. And then I have some menus back there if you want menus on how to do a Daniel fast and how to make it effective and, uh, and how to actually just walk through what we're going to be doing as a church. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture. We're going to look this morning at Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 6. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. The Word of God has the power to change your life. But it isn't just the reading, and it isn't just the hearing, it's the doing of God's Word. When we do the Word of God, we do the will of God. And we do the will of God, we come under His favor and under His blessing for our life. Daniel was a man, the Bible said, he had the favor of God. And the reason that he had the favor of God is because he did some things. There were things that he did. This thing that we call the Christian life, salvation by grace, isn't just like we just get a touch from God and then we go and live our life the way, any way we want to please. No. If we want his favor, there are, there are actions that a believer does. Now, those actions don't save us, but when we do those actions, when we do those righteous acts, we fall into God's favor. And Daniel was a man who lived in a generation where the people of God had been taken into captivity. They disobeyed the Lord, and because of their continual disobedience, they found themselves being actually taken prisoner, being made slaves by the Babylonians. And Daniel grew up in this generation, and he had three friends. You might know his friends' names. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There you go. You're a good Sunday school crowd here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and there was something different about these boys. And I want you to look at Daniel chapter 1. We're going to read verse number 8, and, and then we're going to uh, skip over to to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look what Jesus says about this topic of prayer and fasting. Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8. And the Bible says, But Daniel resolved. Everyone say resolved. 
Daniel resolved not to defile himself. In other words, he set his will. He set his heart. He set his emotions. He, he literally made a predetermined decision that he was going to do certain things and not do certain things. Sometimes in a church you'll hear a lot of don'ts, and it isn't just about the don'ts. There's a lot more in the kingdom about the do's. But Daniel made a decision to do certain things, but he also made a decision not to do other things. That was a resolve. That was an intent of his will. He set his course. And the Bible says that he would not defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief officials for permission not to defile him himself this way. It's a great story. Read the rest of the story. But basically, Daniel and the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't eat the foods of their generation because they were foods that had been sacrificed to idols. They were foods that were not prescribed under the Old Testament law. And because they ate only vegetables and water for 10 days, and the challenge was to the, to the king's messenger, just let me eat food like this for 10 days and come back and see if we're not in better condition than the other boys. And so the Bible says that the boys came back and for 10 days they ate only vegetables and they drank only water. And when the king's men came back and he examined them, they were smarter, they were brighter, they were stronger, they were healthier, they were more fit. And the Bible says that the king said, I'm going to bring you into my house and for three years I'm going to train you and teach you in all the ways of the land. I'm going to give you knowledge. I want you to know something today. Knowledge is very important. There, there is no benefit in your life of being ignorant. My wife mentioned that we spent a couple, uh, one week and a couple of different days with my cousin, who's a, a very smart intellectual person. She reads five newspapers a day. She gets up at five o'clock in the morning every day. She's extremely disciplined in her personal life. She's one of the editors for Red Book Magazine, a, a magazine that has over three million people that read it every week. She's a very bright intellectual person in the city of New York. She's very passionate about what she believes. And, and I found that, listen, when we had a conversation, if I had not been a person who had studied and not known how to converse with people on an intellectual level, we would have had no talk. And, and we were able to communicate and talk, and although we adamantly disagreed on just about everything that there is to disagree on, I watched as my boys who've grown up in the ways of God, in the house of God, but who pursued excellence in their education, were able to converse with her on an intellectual level. They, they weren't baffled by her ideas and her God-hating values. She, they weren't baffled, and they were actually able to have a conversation. You see, Daniel and his boys were committed to God, and because they were committed to God, the favor of the Lord was upon them. The blessing of God was upon them. I, I tell people here today, man, if you want to go back to school, make 2013 the year you go back to school. You got a bachelor's, get a bachelor's. You got a GED, get a bachelor's. You, you haven't graduated high school, get a GED. Or I mean, whatever you got, there's something powerful in your life when you get knowledge. And there's nothing wrong with knowledge. Although knowledge can puff up, knowledge is a way that we discourse and are able to communicate in our generation. And Daniel's boys were brighter, they were smarter, they were faster, they were stronger, they were healthier because they committed themselves not to go the way of the pagans. They ate a different kind of diet. They actually ate differently than the pagans in their generation. I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse number 16. And the Bible says, Jesus said, when you fast. Everyone say, when you fast. The expectation of Jesus for the believer is that fasting would be part of your life. Jewish culture, the Jews would fast on Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays and Thursdays, every week, Jews would fast. It was, it was part of their tradition. It was part of other religious practices. And when 
people became born again who were Jewish came out of the Jewish culture into Christianity to become followers of Christ. They moved from Mondays to Thursdays to Tuesdays to Fridays. Some of the greatest men of all of Christian history were men who were devout in their practice of these two things, of prayer and of fasting. Fasting is one of those things. It's kind of like talking about going to the dentist and getting a root canal. I mean, you know, fasting, you gotta be, you're talking about fasting the first, I mean, first Sunday of the year. What are you about blessing and favor and increase? Well, I'm going to tell you how you can get those things in your life. But listen today, Jesus said, when you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites. Don't walk around moping and groaning. And I mean, sometimes we find ourselves, you know, it isn't even about fasting. We just, we've got to go to church and serve and work in the children's ministry, work in the nursery, or go to be on the praise team. I got to, I got to go and serve today. I got to get out of bed and I can't believe I got to give again. And we find ourselves just like the hypocrites. And it's exactly what the Pharisee did. They mumbled and complained about the things that God asked them to do. And the Bible says, for they do, they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading and the proclamation of His word. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. You know the word Amen means so be it. There you go. So... So be it. You know, in 2012, there were a bunch of you that made resolutions. How many have ever made a resolution before? All right. 2012, these were the resolutions that I read that many people make every year. Every year, these are the resolutions. These are the top 10 New Year's resolutions from 2012. People said they're going to manage their money better or get out of debt. All right. People said they're going to spend more time with their family, exercise, eat healthier, lose weight, get a new job. Go back to school, quit smoking, quit drinking, get drink, quit drinking or doing drugs, get organized or help others. Those were the top 10 resolutions in 2012. How many of you, just by one pinky, said, I made one of those? All right, come on. All right. Time Magazine last week came out with an article, and the article was entitled, Can You Guess What the Top 10 Most Broken New Year's Resolutions Were for 2012? You don't know what they were? Manage your money better. Get out of debt. Spend more time with the family. Exercise. Eat healthier. Lose weight. Get a new job. Go back to school. Quit smoking. Quit doing jobs. Get organized and help other people. How about that? Isn't that funny? You know, it's funny because it's true. There's truth to that. We set our hearts to change our life. And the fact is the Holy Spirit lives in us and gives us the ability and the power to change. But there is a thing called the human will. There is a thing called free choice. And we battle it. That free will, that choice is actually a wrestle in our spiritual nature against our flesh. The Bible says there's a spirit man. The spirit man is born again by God. It's, it's redeemed. It's purchased by the blood of Jesus. It's saved by grace. It's the part of us that lives forever. But we have a body and we have a mind and will and emotions. And that body, that mind, that will and emotions has the ability to choose. It has the ability to choose good or to choose evil. It's why you as a believer can find yourself stuck with the same hang-ups, same hurts, and the same habits. And maybe you'll get freedom for a little bit, but we all have a propensity to go back to certain things that are unhealthy in our life. Not just food, but I mean unhealthy habits and mindsets and actions and activities. It's the human nature. It's a continual warfare. It's a continual progressive love affair, but it's also a continual progressive warfare. And, and what we're going to talk about this morning, I'm going to challenge us as a, 
as a church this morning is to prepare ourselves for an awakening in 2013. I'm going to challenge us today to prepare ourselves for an awakening in 2013. When I read through this text and I've been thinking about what a Daniel fast actually is, I want to give you just kind of a a real quick definition of what a biblical Daniel fast is. Can you put that up there for me? A Daniel fast is a biblically based partial fast based on the accounts of the prophet Daniel's fasting experiences. Daniel didn't just fast in Daniel chapter 1. In Daniel chapter 2, he had a disturbing dream. and God showed him what was going to come with the nation of Israel and the war that they were going to experience. And he was so troubled by the dream that he set himself to fast for 21 days. Thus we get the Daniel fast of 21 days. The Daniel fast is a restrictive eating plan that limits food intake to vegetables, fruit, and water for a specific period of time. My big idea, what I want you to hear this morning, is that the purpose of a Daniel fast is to restrict commonly enjoyed foods as an act of worship and consecration to God. Someone who chooses to undergo a Daniel fast demonstrates a physical commitment that reflects a deep spiritual desire for a more intimate relationship with God. Someone that desires a more intimate relationship with God. The word fast in the Hebrew literally means to cover one's mouth. That's literally what it means. When they took a fast, they covered their mouth. In the Greek, the word means to go without food. Daniel and his boys, they didn't go completely without food. They actually restricted their diets to fruits, to vegetables, and to water. And they did it for 21 days. They did it for 10 days, and then Daniel did it again for 21 days. Well, you've got to be kidding me. What are you talking about fasting? I mean, I don't. what does that have to do with my life? And that's the Old Testament. But Jesus expressed, Jesus actually called his disciples. In Luke chapter 5, he says, When the bridegroom is with you, you have no need to fast. But when I go away, the bridegroom goes away, you will fast. And there's something powerful that happens in the heart and the life of the believer that begins to exercise the spiritual discipline. Because what it does is it gives you a resolve and a strong, a strong will to say no to certain things and say yes to other things. One of the most powerful gods in our generation today is food. Americans, we're the most overweight people on the planet. We have more food. We have more at our disposal. We, we throw, throw away more, more food. We literally throw away more food, food than 70% of the world consumes. We have it at every turn. We have it every place we go. It's just, it's like we got food and we go to the China Palace over here and we buffet our bodies. And yeah, I don't know about you, if I go to a buffet, I feel like I got to get up my money's worth. You know what I mean? Come on, six ninety nine. are you out of your mind? I got to eat just a little more. We go to CeCe's Pizza over here and it's all you can eat pizza. You know, yeah, you know, I'm only going to have three slices. Oh, I got to get my money's worth. I got to go back to the salad bar. I mean, we go to these places and we buffet our bodies and, and, and we have a very challenging time because there's food on every corner. And there's food and there's more food. And Paul the Apostle said that men have actually made God their bellies. They've worshipped food rather than the Creator. And we choose as believers to say no for a certain period of time to, to food and to restrict our diet. What we're doing is we're saying to our flesh, nothing is going to master me. Nothing is going to master me. From 1995 to 2002, I went completely without caffeine. Because I found that I lived in Seattle, the coffee capital of the world, and I was drinking like three pots of coffee and four lattes. I mean, I was like a caffeine. I remember one day, I was like this at the end of the day, I drinking so much caffeine, and I just realized that coffee had become my master. 
couldn't do my life without a cup of coffee. And, and so I actually repented, and I asked the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't want anything to, re- to, to master me, and I renounced it. And I went for seven years without drinking a cup of coffee, without having any caffeine in my life. Why? Because I wanted to master that. I, wa- I didn't want the coffee to master me. I wanted to be the master of it. You see, because we are destined by God to greatness. We are conquerors and victors and overcomers. And Paul said, nothing shall master my flesh. And and so there's this continual battle, but it's a choice that we make. It's a determination of our will to set our heart to do these kinds of spiritual things. You see, a Daniel fast is a biblically-based fast where we set ourselves aside for a time and a purpose to seek a more intimate relationship with God. I want to just put a little footnote, a little asterisk here. Listen, if you've got a medical condition, man, or you're pregnant, in our last service there was a woman, she's eight months pregnant, and she looked like the day the baby was going to come. Listen, man, you know, use common sense on this, right? If you have a physical condition, you're under doctor's care and doctor's order, you need to see your doctor before you go into something like this. But listen, for most people, most people, engaging committing yourself to something like this for a period of time. It won't do anything in your life but help you. You'll feel better. You'll be stronger. You'll thank God. You'll have a really hard two or three days, four days, first couple of days. Everything in your body will scream, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Last month I did a three-day uh, water fast and, uh, and no food. And I got to tell you, man, by like day two, I'm laying in bed. I feel like a Mack truck had run over me. I mean, toxins coming out. There are some things because of our diets and the way that we eat, you're going to feel. So you have to make this determination ahead of time that I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to walk through this fast. I'm going to do, I'm going to commit myself for these 21 days. Now listen, this is not a law thing. This is a grace thing. It's not a law thing, but it is a time period. And some of you are like, this is crazy. I just challenge you to do one day. Just try one day of a different diet. Restrict your diet for one day. To vegetables and water. Just see what happens. Just try it. Or try it three days or do five days. Or, or maybe there's some other things. We have menus, these beautiful menus. And my son, he likes to cook. And we're going to be having all these different experiments, all the different ways that you can cook vegetables and eat. And I didn't know that you can make vegetables taste that good. I mean, you know, so we're going to do some things in our family. But, but listen, I challenge you. I encourage you. See, Jesus talked about fasting, but he also warned about motives. And the first thing that I want to address, because most of the time, most of the time when we talk about health, we're talking about dieting. Uh, in, in 2010, our church went together in a program called 50 Days of, uh, 50 Days of Fitness with, with the First Baptist of Altamont Springs. And the pastor there wrote that series, and we joined with them at churches all over Seminole County, and we did this 50 Days of Fitness. And there were some of you here today that you actually did that with us. And, and it was an incredible experience. I mean, there were some life-changing life-changing results out of that experience. There was one guy in our church that, that lost 90 pounds, and I had lunch with him about three months ago, and he's kept that 90 pounds off, and he used to take high blood pressure medicine, he used to take diabetes medicine, he used to take high cholesterol blood pressure medicine, and you know what? He doesn't take any of those today. He's completely free because he radically changed his diet. Well, that's somebody else. But I'm telling you, God's spirit is in you. You can experience the same thing. And there are other people that have experienced it. I myself, I lost 35 pounds. And by the grace of God, I've been able to keep it off. But I had to change the way that I thought about food and my intake. And my wife and I, most of the time, except for when I'm really hungry, but most of the time, we split meals at restaurants. And, and we go to restaurants and we order kids' meals. And the waiters think we're nuts. Because we don't drink, we don't drinky, we don't smoky, and we order kids' meals at the restaurant. And they're like, yeah, they want to get you out of there as fast as they can, you know. 
Why? Because I'm more concerned. Listen, I'm not there. To, I'm not there for them. I'm there for me, and I'm there to take care of myself and to make sure that I I don't overeat. Because my tendency, like most of us here, is to be an American and eat way too much food. And so, <laughs> so the first thing I want you to hear today that this is not a this is not a diet plan. Because that's the first thing that comes up. This is not. This is a spiritual plan. This is a, a a consecration of time that we're committing to God to go deeper with Him, to experience Him in a deeper way in our lives. So motives are so important. The other thing is we're not fasting to be seen by men. Now we're all going to be doing this together. So those of you that do this, hey man, we're going to know it and we're going to be encouraged. And they're talking about putting stuff up on the website where you can blog and communicate recipes and Facebook, Orlando City Church page and all that. And that's great and that's cool. But we're not going to be walking around here moping and bragging. It's not some spiritual badge of honor. And if you choose not to do it, we'd love you. And you're still able to come to church here. You're still part of our family. But listen, I just want to encourage you. Because I believe that, that when we commit ourselves, when we commit ourselves with the right heart, we commit ourselves with the right heart, God will do some incredible things in our life. And so there's wrong motives, but there's also right motives. There's also right motives. And the right motives is this, is that, number one, if you're a Christian and you're a follower of Christ and you want to go closer to Jesus, he expects you to do it. Jesus fasted, the disciples fasted, all throughout the Bible, men of God and women of God fasted. We see it in the book of Esther. I mean, Jesus expects you as a believer to sacrifice and to, and to crucify your flesh and to say no to some things so you can be more effective to say yes to other things. Right motive for me today is that I just want to draw nearer to God. I want to draw near. There's some things that God's been dealing with my life for six months. And it's just been a continual. And it's like, you know, it's like you pray, God, give me patience, but give it to me now, you know. I mean, and when you start praying, we prayed last night here at prayer meeting. We, we asked God to change our hearts. That's the scariest prayer that you could ever pray. Because if you ask God to change your heart, look out. He's going to begin to meddle in your business. He's going to begin to mess with your head. He's going to begin to mess with your heart. He's going to... There's going to be stuff that comes your way. He's going to see if you really want to change heart. But that's the heart of a believer. We want to draw near to God. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. We fast to position our hearts and our minds to hear and receive from God. We fast for specific answers from God. We fast for specific answers from God. We need answers from heaven. And so when we're fasting and praying, I'm challenging you to specifically declare some kinds of results. I mean, you have to have in your heart, you can put the next slide up, you have to have in your heart some kind of results that you want to see come from this spiritual fast. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it will be yours. There's something powerful. I begin to go through all the different accounts in the Bible, the main fasts in the Bible. I begin to look at the different kinds of fasts. Ezra fasted. The Bible says that Ezra fasted for protection for his family and for favor with the king. He fasted. I mean, he set himself up. He knew exactly what he wanted from God. The Bible says that Samuel fasted because the people were backslidden. They were living wickedly and they had forgot the presence of God. They were had a form of godliness but they denied the power. And the Bible says that Samuel fasted so that the hearts of people would turn back to God. Elijah, his mind was overwhelmed with stimulation. He he was discouraged and depressed. He was even to the point of suicide. He hated his life and he wanted to die. 
He wanted to die. After one of the greatest victories in the Bible of, of Elijah by the Spirit and the power of God overcoming the false prophets of Baal, he immediately sunk into a deep depression. Depression is rampant in our generation. Depression is rampant in our culture. And the Bible says that Elijah went on a 40-day fast to find victory. Elijah, for emotional balance, well-being, he chose to seek the face of God. And he did it with the physical act of fasting. I mean, all through the Scriptures, you see people who committed themselves to fasting. John the Baptist fasted. Paul the Apostle fasted. Ezra fasted for her people when it looked like that all the Jewish people would be destroyed. Ezra called all the people. Ezra called all the people. Come on, fast and pray. Our lives hang in the balance. I'm challenging you today. Listen, I'm calling the whole church. Let's do this. Our lives, our spiritual lives, our families, my children. Listen, my children's lives hang in the balance. It isn't just going to happen. It ain't just going to work out. It ain't just going to be okay. I have a part to do in this. I'm a dad. I'm a father. Before I'm a pastor, I'm a husband. Before I'm a pastor, I'm a dad. Before I'm a pastor, I'm a brother. I have sisters and I have nieces and nephews whose lives hang in the balance and if I don't pray for them who will who will and so we must set our hearts listen lives hang in the balance today and all through the scriptures we see this Jesus when Satan came to tempt him Jesus fasted for 40 days now these are long fasts and we're not even talking about doing a, an absolute fast or a miraculous fast we're talking about a Daniel fast but Jesus fasted you see when you pray Lord deliver me from temptation or deliver me from the evil one God answers that prayer every time God answers that prayer every time and Jesus in times of fasting and seeking the Lord found spiritual anointing and power to rebuke the devourer there's something spiritual that happens when you consecrate your heart and life to God there's an, a, a, an elevated sense of God's authority there's an elevated sense that you're a child of God there's an elevated sense that God is in you and if God is in you who can be against you if God is for you God is for you today God wants to bless you God wants to do good to you God wants to save your family God wants to restore your finances God wants to heal your marriage. Come on, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I mean, you just go through the Bible over and over and over. I mean, over and over. These guys were praying for specific things. The third question, beside asking for specific results, I just wanted to share this because this just happened in our church and we're going to give you a little insight, a little glimpse into the reality of what's happened in our church this last year. 2012, was a year of some great victories, but some great challenges. And in 2012, we set out to, to do a satellite campus over at Millennium. And, and we talked about a process. Our whole team felt like it was a thing to do. We prayed, and, and we did it. And we had about a 10 or 11 to 12-month run at it. And, and I loved doing it, but financially, it just wasn't working. There's probably other factors involved, but the financial reality is that it wasn't working, and we were finding ourselves in a shortfall of seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 a month. And and that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for me. That's a lot of money for this church. That's a huge part of our budget. And, man, we were really feeling it. And we got to October. We got to October, and we were $72,000 in the red, $72,000. It was unbelievable. The banks were calling me, and I was feeling all kinds of pressure. And it's hard to sleep, and you're feeling this weight. And, and I don't ever tell you guys, I don't bring this to you. We're not, that's not what we're about. That's not what we talk about. But we really were feeling the pressure. In October, we prayed and we shut down the campus and we came back and immediately things started to turn and, 
And by December 1st, we were $27,000 in the red. Now, if you know anything about accounting, in the accounting world, positive is black, red is negative, right? And, the, and that, is it works on the battery that way too, right? <laughs> All right. So black is good, red is bad. And, and, and going into December 1st, we were $27,000 in the hole. And I prayed on the first uh, staff meeting in December, we prayed. And, and I challenged a team. I said, hey, I'm going to pray for $1, $1 more, $1 more in the black. In other words, you know, I'm going to be $1 in the black. If we just $1 in the black, we overcome that kind of, we'd already overcome a huge deficit in just a couple of months. And Pastor Dan just spoke and said, well, I'm believing Ephesians 3.20 that we're going to have exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. And I said, well, I'm going to take that faith. And so I let Pastor Dan pray. And he prayed and he asked God. He prayed, Lord, I pray for more than a dollar. I pray for thousands of dollars more. And I want you to know that we finished 2012, $2,114 in the black. Come on, give God a big hand. <coughs> I'm just telling you, pray. It works every time it's tried. <laughs> pray. Seek the Lord. So we pray specifically. We're asking God for specific things in our life. The third question that we've got to ask is, am I willing to commit my time? Am I willing to commit extra time to the Lord? In Acts chapter 13, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for Barnabas and Saul for the work of the Lord, which I've called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off, setting aside time just to worship and to pray and seek the Lord. We have prayer meeting at this church every Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 9 o'clock. Every Monday from 8.30 to 9 o'clock, the church doors open. Every Saturday night at 7 o'clock, we believe in prayer at this church. But it isn't just enough for a handful to pray. You must pray. I'm challenging. I'm challenging you. Are you willing to commit the time? Are you willing to shut off your television? Are you willing to unplug from the media just for a little bit? Are you willing just to kind of dial back at the beginning of this year? So there's great, there are great rewards. But it takes a commitment. Daniel resolved in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. See, it's a commitment of your time. It's a time commitment. Paul the Apostle said, redeem the time for the days are evil. Redeem the choice to redeem, to make the day that you live in count. We commit. We commit. We're committing to a specific number of days. As a church leadership team, we're committing to a 21-day Daniel fast. We, we commit to, to give of our tithe and our offering. We, we commit to go to church on Sunday. We commit to serve. We're, we're making commitments to God that by the power of His Holy Spirit, He'll enable us to keep. And so we commit our time. It's also going to mean a change in lifestyle. For you to eat differently for 21 days, it means you have to think differently about food. It means when you grow to the, go to the grocery store, don't go there hungry. If you go to the grocery store when you're hungry, the whole thing is going to be shot. It just ain't going to work. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to change your lifestyle. You're going to, have to change how you guys purchase food and what you think about food and preparation. And we're really busy like you guys, and it's really hard for us sometimes to my wife to go home and, and make a meal. And so we're going to include our whole family. We're going to do this as a family group thing. And, that's the only way that it's going to work for us. So we're going to have to change our lifestyle. We're going to have to change the way that we think about food and, and our, our involvement in eating. So we're going to change our lifestyle. Third thing, it's a healthy commitment. It's a healthy commitment. Listen, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you choose today, when you choose to make this kind of commitment, you're making a good choice. Because i got to tell you today, ailments and physical ailments and all kinds of things are a direct result of the food that we eat. 
and the abundance of the food that we eat and the kinds of the foods that we eat. And you don't, you don't need me. I'm not a medical doctor. You can listen to Dr. Oz and all these other guys out there that are selling their wares. But a lot of what they say is really true. A lot of what they say is really true. You are what you eat. It's a healthy commitment. Daniel and the boys, after 10 days, they were brighter. They were smarter. They were healthier. They were faster. They were quicker on their feet. Listen, they rose to the top. They found favor, not just with God, but they found favor with man. Isn't that amazing? amazing because they didn't have the sicknesses they didn't have the diseases they didn't have the ailments they didn't have the problems they didn't have the hangovers in the morning and and i just got a little word here if you have a hang up or a hurt and maybe your hang up today is tobacco i just i felt the lord wanted me to say this for someone today maybe your hang up is cigarettes and listen we're not condemning we love everybody and listen cigarettes aren't going to send you to hell tobacco ain't going to send you to hell it's just going to make you smell like it but but listen to me today I want you to come next week. I want you to come next week because this is what's going to happen. I believe, I believe with all my heart as you commit yourself, you take that last smoke and you smoke that cigarette all the way down to that bottom little drag on your way into church next Sunday. You just get it all out. You do your last thing and you're coming next Sunday. And I'm believing that through these next 21 days, as we seek God for a fresh awakening, I believe that there's going to be some habits broken. I believe that there's going to be some bondages going to be broken. I believe there's going to be some deliverances take place. Listen, I just believe that. I believe there's some people that have been struggling with some stuff for a long time. And God wants you to know He is for you and He believes in you. And so today, I challenge you today because this is a faith commitment. This is not a works commitment. This is a faith commitment. Hebrews 11.6 says that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. And we come to God by faith. And we're asking for specific things. And we're believing for specific things. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's spiritual. I mean, every week I get reports or marriages are trouble. I mean, we've had people over the last two years that have been members of our church, that their marriages ended up in dissolution and divorce. And there was nothing that I could do to stop it. And I'm thinking, my God, my God, get a hold of this before that happens in your life. Deal with the issues of your life. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. And He will draw near to you. So I am challenging you today. God rewards. Because I believe that in 2013 that there are going to be some release. There's going to be some release. There are going to be some bondages and some habits that we've held on to for too long. But because we enter into a new relationship with God. We enter into what Isaiah says. A chosen fast. A fast that breaks bondages and destroys yokes. Here's the deal. When you get into the presence of Jesus. When you get into the presence of Jesus, devils cannot stand. Addictions cannot stand. When you get into the presence of Jesus, victory is yours. And I believe today there's going to be some spiritual release in your hearts. Listen, I've got it. You've got it. We've all got patterns that we find ourselves falling back to. But God wants to make those crooked ways straight in 2013. Someone said, Amen. Listen, I believe that God wants to restore. Joel chapter 2 says that, that the canker worm came, the locust worm came and destroyed and devoured, devoured the relationships, devoured their money, devoured their lives, devoured their physical bodies. God said, God said to them, I will restore the years that the devourer has stolen. I believe there's going to be restoration. I believe there's going to be restoration of mind, of body, and soul. And I believe that God's going to reward this church. I believe that God is going to reward this church. 
I don't know what that reward looks like. I don't know all that God has in store. But I know that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And when a church begins to seek Him, it doesn't, doesn't happen individually. It happens corporately. And when it happens corporately in a church, it happens in a city, in a community. Last week, we were in New York City. We went to Hillsong, New York. And, you know, Hillsong's got a name. they got to worship and all that kind of stuff. And I went into that service and... I was 25 minutes late with my family to the 10 o'clock service. It was 25 degrees outside. And as I walked up to the building, the first thing that I noticed is that there was a line of people going all the way down the block. And I said, are you guys waiting to get into this service? They said, no, we're standing here for the 12 o'clock service. For the 12 o'clock service, there were a line of people all the way down the street waiting. I thought, wow, there's a group of hungry people. There's a group of people that want the presence of God. There's a group of people that love to worship, that love to pray. Listen, that church is only a year old. They're doing seven services. And I said, well, hey, we're doing some things, right? We've got two different worship bands on Sunday morning. They have two different worship bands. But they also got two different preachers because that preacher boy's got to preach seven times. And so they've got to get two different guys to preach every week because they have to preach so many times. I'm telling you what God has done for them. He's no respecter of persons, but he's a rewarder of them that diligently seeking of God. God can do it for them. God can do it for us. Amen? There's a city that needs Jesus. There's a community that needs to see a church that's red, yellow, black, and white, unified together under the banner of the cross, where it's not about race and politics, but it's about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. This city needs to see a church afire, a church ablaze with the presence of God, where miracles are taking place, where marriages are being restored, where people who have addictions and bondages and habits are being set free. This this city needs to see young people worshiping and serving and praising God, like we have every Wednesday night with 200 young people gathering here to worship Jesus. This city needs to see it isn't just for us, but it's for them because the love of God, the love of God is for every person in this community. Someone said, Amen. I believe today. I want to just turn over on your little sheet there. There's a quick overview. You can read it. But at the end of our 21-day fast, we're going to enter into a four-day, we're calling them conferences now. Old school, they used to call them revivals. We're, we're calling it a conference. We're going to have a four-day conference. And I'm going to kick it off on Sunday morning. And I just got to ask a question. I got to ask, well, I know this is treading on some sacred holy ground, but February 3rd is Super Bowl Sunday. And we're thinking, we're thinking, we start a little early, we get you out by halftime. But we're thinking about kicking off, kicking off our revival, our revival services on Super Bowl Sunday at 6 o'clock, and then we'd go 7 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How many of you, just give me a pinky, I'll close my eyes, no, give me a pinky and say, I would come to a Sunday night service at 6 o'clock. How many people? Okay. All right, that's good. That's, that's enough. We're going to do it. So guess what? Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we're going to do service here. We're going to go from 6 to 8. Sunday morning, we're going to kick off our conference. I'm going to be speaking Sunday morning and Sunday night. We've got uh, uh, Alan Griffin with us, who's a phenomenal community communicator. You don't want to miss him. He'll be with us Monday night. Uh, Tim Wiseman who has a word from God. He has a prophetic voice to our generation will be at this on Tuesday night. He flows in the supernatural. He flows in miracles. He flows in healing. He flows in words of knowledge. He'll be with us on Tuesday night. And then our own Pastor Glenn will be with us on Wednesday night when the whole church, we're all going to be together. This is a generational thing. This isn't just for youth or for older or for younger. We're asking for four days at the end of this 21 days. Come on, let's go for God. Let's see what God God will do in our lives. Let's see what God will do in our church. Let's see what God will do in our city. Our staff is going to be doing this. Our team is going to be doing this. 
Listen, I encourage, if you've got medical conditions today, you pray, you seek a doctor's counsel, you do that. But, but listen, for most of us in this room, I want you to begin to seek the Lord. I give you some, I've got some stuff on there for the websites that you guys can check out. And I want you to close your eyes this morning. Worship team is going to come and we're going to sing, I give my life away in just a moment. But, but I believe this morning, here at the very beginning of this year, this is beyond a resolution. This is beyond a resolution. This is a commitment of our heart to seek the Lord. And it might be for some of you, this is just craziness. This language and the things we've talked about is, like, wow. For some of you, that's, I just say try it for one day. Try it for one day, see what happens. Try it for three days. Try it for ten days. Some of you that are, that are more experienced with you, that are more mature in the Lord, I'm going to really challenge you to go the whole 21 days. Read about it. Search the Internet. Get information on, on how to do a Daniel fast effectively. And we're going to challenge one another today to go deeper in God, to pray more, to read more, to be, to be, to be more full of faith and confidence in a God that's good. And you're here today, you're here right now, the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, and you don't know Christ yet. The first invitation that I want to give is to you, because I believe that God loves you. And this is way outside of your realm of understanding right now, but right now you know that there's something in your heart that's drawing you to Jesus. Maybe you've known the Lord, but you've walked away, and this is a great Sunday for you to make it right, to get back in right relationship with Him. If you're here today, and you know your life isn't right with God, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Right now, come and raise your hand. See the hand, anyone else? See the hand, anyone else? Come on. See the hand. Anyone else this morning? Amen. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor Eugene, I'm willing to step up spiritually. I'm willing. Maybe I, you've never done this before. You've never fasted before. You're willing to give this a try. You're willing to step out. You're here this morning. You're willing to make this commitment that you're going you're gonna to explore this Daniel fast. And you're going to go after God in a new way in 2013. If, if that's you right now this morning, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Right now, come on, all across this room. All across this room, commitments are being made. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray over you today. You that raised your hand, you need Christ. You need a right relationship with God. Can I have the whole congregation pray today together with me? Lord Jesus, thank you today that you've come to give me life. I accept the forgiveness of your sin. I believe in my heart that only you can change my life. I confess with my mouth that I need you. Come into my life and give me a new start in 2013. I believe by faith in your name. Amen. Now I want to pray every person that raised you, raised your hand, I want you to stand with me. And as a closing hand, we're going to lift our hands, both hands towards heaven. We're going to close and worship to God. We've consecrated ourselves. We're going to be Again, next Sunday, next Sunday we're going to begin this consecration, this Daniel fasting. As Pastor Glenn leads us this morning, I want this to be our closing anthem. We're going to give our life away for God. In Jesus' name, let's worship.